Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Drunken Transfer. We are full swing into the fantasy footballing season. This week we're going to be covering what went wrong in game week 3 and what hopefully is going to go right in game week 4. As ever, I am joined by the Berkshire boy making all the noise. This week, cries of anguish, Jacob <laughs> Southclive. It's... <laughs> it is actually episode six this week, isn't it? It oh, is, it, yeah, right, yeah. Good. yeah this, this, week it's, this week it's actually episode six. <laughs> Matt has never been my forte. I thought fantasy football was also actually my forte, but according to our scores from, well, my score from this week, absolutely not. It's been a tale of two game weeks, even though it's been the one game week, because you've, you've knocked it out of the park, lad. I've had an all right one. I've, um, I'm at 59k currently. Um, and we'll talk about what went right for me this week in a bit. But it's slightly strange because I feel like I had a better game week three than I did a game week two. But my overall game week rank this week was 552k, which is, again, nothing to be sniffed at. My game week two rank was 282k. So I, I don't know if it's just because it's I've fickle. had... It's fickle. The fickle FPL yeah, gods. It, it, I mean, I, I'm, I, I was definitely more delighted this time around than I was last time. And maybe that's because I've gone up to 59k as opposed to being at 300 or whatever well, it was. Well, you, you, you smashed it out the park. You you exceeded all your wildest dreams in game week three. I started off the week 11 points behind you. And yeah. that gap has only grown now because I got a measly, miserable 43 points for the game week. The average is 48. Yeah. Anyone with anything resembling a template team this week suffered. So... You've alluded to it. I had a very, very good game week, but in a slightly strange way because um, my four defensive assets, two from City, two from Liverpool, I got two points from those four positions and my goalkeeper, David Wright, only got me three points. You owe a lot of your success to the good people of Twitter. Well, it was strange, really, because, yeah, I mean, you, we, we, we did this vote last week on what should I do about my transfer and I was basically saying that I really wanted to get Jaden Sancho out and there were the, the four people I, I picked were Erdegaard, Zaha, Trossard, and Josh De Silva. Erdogan was the one that the people voted for. He proved Mateen. to be... Mateen. He proved to be the correct person to bring in because he scored 16 points. I think that might have been, although I have to check it, that might have been the highest point score of the week. You were moping around the house hours before, <laughs> by the way, because we had the Palace game on in the other la- in, in, in the lounge. Well, that's, that's just it. So, I mean, 31% of the people said Wilfred Zaha. I did say last week, I think he'll do well against that Villa defence. And my tank your rank was, I thought, back against Villa defence. That was right, but I didn't go for him. <laughs> Fortunately, Zaha missed that penalty before yeah. he scored his second goal. Trick. Well, no, no, he scored the goal having it was the having missed. Saved and then yeah, he but in a parallel universe, he's got yeah. his hat trick. <laughs> he would have got two very goals. upset. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was Leandro Trossard, who also scored. And then the person that I transferred out, Jaden Sancho, also scored. Yeah. Let's ignore the fact that I said last week you can't trust the public with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Transfer-wise, for me, it didn't go quite as well. I sort of broke even, really, because um, top of the chopping block for me this week was getting Leon Bailey out, as, as with a lot of other fancy managers, because not only had he not returned in the first couple of game weeks, but on top of that, his place in the Villa team was under threat. So it was absolutely bloody typical then that not only did he start for Villa, he did the inevitable and got an assist. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh god! See, I was, I was thought I'd been really kind of clever and savvy with my two free transfers, and I thought to myself, well, I'll tell you what, the clever money's in the defence, so I'm going to go for a fifth defender 
And uh, the person who's profited the most in the absence of Christian Romero for uh, for Spurs, having tugged on Mark Cucciarella's uh, iron wool hair, was um, Davinson Sanchez, who I thought was very underpriced at 4.4 for a starting Spurs defender. Uh, he did end up with the clean sheet. Yeah. But on the subject of the rest of the defence, as you touched upon... Well, we, we, we nearly had the same. I think the only thing is I had Walker, who got one point yeah. and you had James who also got one point right and the person who Walker replaced in your lineup also returned this week yeah yeah yeah. well of course sorry yes yeah Kieran Trippier who I transferred out last week mm. who of course then went and scored the free kick sods though I didn't feel too bad about that one because he'd been gone for two game weeks I think if I transferred him out last time you would time, be pig sick I would be. remember last week as well when I said or oh, if you've still got Trippier in your team this <laughs> might be the week you might want to get him out <laughs> yeah well don't listen to me ever again but yeah like like, like you said the, the, the you had a bit of a mare with the defence your midfielders attackers didn't really show up greatly either and the way that I was able to get the get the hike on you really is because every single one of my midfielders and attackers returned Rodrigo 13 points delighted I had him in um, and then yeah Martinelli still doing well Jesus doing well Kane sort of equal you know he had a six pointer Holland had a six pointer so they both, they both scored didn't get in the bonus joint highest scorer for me this week uh, was actually a player on my bench in the form of Andreas Pereira ah. and I was absolutely willing one of Money Mace or I don't know James or someone to be benched just yeah. so he could come in and give me a plus eight that never happened but uh, thank you for your service <laughs> either way Pereira I think Last week was last chance saloon for Mason Mount, and indeed it was last chance saloon because he's gone. Yeah, so yeah. Th- this is it. We usually we talk about after we talk gone through the episodes and talk about our game week four plans. We can still do that for me a little bit, um, but for you, the transfer is already it's ancient been made. history. It's yeah. been made, and to be honest, I've been sticking to my guns with Mount for so long, and this is the week where I just kind of ran out of patience, and it was a combination of. Being so disillusioned with him, as many Chelsea fans are as well, if you just idly scroll through Chelsea Twitter. And I was scared of the Rodrigo price rise because yeah. a lot of people, myself included, have finally swallowed their pride and come around to to getting him in. You've had him in since game week one. Yeah. And I know his fixture this week isn't too enticing against Brighton. They haven't historically got a fantastic record against Brighton. But he's the man of the moment, he's in form, he's the top scorer, he's so involved for Leeds, his underlying stats are great. I think for someone who's under six and a half mil, who's currently playing striker, who is on penalties, amazing value. I don't back him to return against Brighton, but then I didn't back him to return against Chelsea. No, well this is the thing, he's, he's you know, almost fixture proof. <laughs> well, he is, he is, he is <laughs> I know I've said that, he's going to get sent off. But well, this, well, this is it, because I mean, I think the way that I'm looking at it is that I think this is a real purple patch for him. But I am looking at exit strategies already because I don't expect it to continue forever. Shall we talk a little bit about game week four fixtures? Look ahead. Southampton Man United. Does the performance against Liverpool entice you into looking at any Manchester United assets longer term? Uh, I don't know. I think United are a wait and see. Yeah. They're a fickle, funny team. They've had two absolute dog water gas performances this season (laughs) and one which just amazed people like the world over with just how quick of a turnaround it was so I think I would be a bit foolish to jump on anyone from United just yet for me I think um, Malassia at 4.4 could be one to look at in the future not right now Southampton are a really strange one I tip Southampton to finish 19th but looking at the attacking trio of Che Adams Sekou Mara and Joe Aribo the latter two who have just been signed this summer yeah 
they are really exciting, actually. Well, Seiki Mara got his full debut this week and just gone. I think, like you say, Southampton are a very, very young team. I mean, my new 4.5 enabler pick, Romeo Lavia, is only 18. Is he? Yeah. So, I don't know, I, I took a chance on Lavia. I, I spoke to my brother, who's a Southampton native, right, yeah. for, for advice before <laughs> he going He was the one it. that got us on Tino Livramento last <laughs> Turbo season. Turbo Tino, any, yeah. Anything, every, anything <laughs> Southampton, go to fit. So, I've picked his brain. He also... Um, put together a lovely wildcard team for the week just gone. So shout out Finn. Yeah. Let's go Brentford Everton. If I had the money for him, which I don't, Ivan Tony would be straight in my fantasy football team. Tony is an inclusion in my brother's new wildcard team. He, yeah, Savvy. I'll tell you what, he, even though he started last season quite, quite slowly, looks well on it this yeah. year. You know, if he can start bagging more consistently, he's, if I had to go for a third choice striker at the moment, it's him. There are some good cheap options in that Brentford side. Um, Johan Visa for me, is one that I would probably look at. Um, he's 5.4. Mm. He's had a price drop. But Mbermo is at 6, or was at 6. Tony's now at 7.2. Visa also plays as one of those forwards, but's a midfielder in the game and is 5.4. I think he, if you're looking to get a Brentford asset in and you thought, oh, maybe I'll go Mbermo. Get Visa in because yeah. he's, you know, just as vital. I've always really liked the look of Visa. He's, you know, we talk about eye tests, don't we? And like, you know, liking the look of a player when you see him either on the match today highlights or the full match. And like, I've always liked him. He's he's rapid for a start. He and he's quite technical as well. And I know that at the back end of the last season, people were talking about him as a potential differential then. And I think he looks better this season. So And he's starting more this yeah, season. Indeed. things as well. Um, Everton, let's talk about Everton. Um, I would imagine Brentford will do a number on Everton. Yeah. Mainly because Everton can't finish. Well, no, and I'm going to tell you what, their forward options are looking increasingly thin on the ground because if if rumour slash speculation slash reportage is to be believed, Finnegas, then Princess Diana slash Anthony Gordon is actually off-ski to Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea have received a massive blow to the head, seemingly, in offering Everton 60 million guaranteed with another 10 million add-on. 60 million for Anthony Gordon. Can we talk about the prices that have been paid for players this summer? Because 60 million for Gordon is like a national scandal in of itself. Well, they paid 47 and a half for Raheem Sterling. Oh, so then 60 million for Anthony Gordon is just, where? what is the market? And, you know, if you're the likes of Christian Pulisic and, and whatnot, you must be as sick as a parrot, mustn't you? Thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have my spot taken by Anthony Gordon for 60 million pounds. And meanwhile, Everton haven't got a pot to piss in because they've not got anyone up top. Because no. they've, they've lost Richarlison to Spurs. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is still injured. Yeah. Anthony Gordon was playing as like a makeshift forwards in the interim. Who have they got up top for So Everton? I think the rationale from Everton's perspective is... First of all, 60 million for Anthony Gordon is Daylight robbery. ridiculous. Chelsea should never pay that. But secondly, if they engage and are willing to let Chelsea sign Anthony Gordon for 60 million, Chelsea might be willing to let Everton negotiate with them for Armando Broja. For the time being, suffice to say, now that Patterson's out for me because he was the, the one to make way for Devinson Sanchez. Sanchez, Sanchez yes. yeah. um, now that Patterson's gone, I just still wouldn't be looking at any Everton assets. No. Absolutely not. I mean, that's probably not like revolutionary advice that we're offering here, but Everton, like, stay away. They... They they look like a cursed team. They do, um, and I am quite happy, and it will come back to bite me in the bum, but I am quite happy at the moment looking at David Raya in goal against Everton, because if Gordon gets unsettled and can't play the game, they really won't have anything to attack with. Okay, let's go Brighton versus Leeds. 
So, Battle of the Prems, two surprise packages so far, really. What's your view on this one, especially considering that you've transferred Rodrigo in, so you've, you've got a vested interest yeah. in this game? I think it's going to be a fucking cracking game, mm. because Brighton started really well, Leeds started... I mean, Leeds uh, against Chelsea last weekend was so impressive. Brilliant. Like, they're were a couple of options that we were looking at between the two of us thinking, hmm, they might be options in like a couple of game weeks' time. Brendan Aronson, yeah. the nonchalance with which, well, A, the excellent work to press Mendy for his absolutely calamitous error, but the way that he, he did the whole no-look finish. But there are a couple of other players. I mean, Jack Harrison, who I know has been mooted for a transfer, I think. Uh, Has he? Yeah, I think Newcastle was sniffing around him. Oh, but at least that would make sense. Sell, yeah. yeah. All three of that, all of that front three. They Harrison, Aronson, Rodrigo. You've got Rodrigo, who's currently about 6.3 and is on pens, so he's probably worth that extra bit. If you haven't got the money, Harrison is at six. And Harrison, like you say, has been so impressive. He's, he just, every time he's on the ball, he wants to either get into the box or run at a player. Mm. And it, it, I think it's brilliant. And Aronson, his pressing is phenomenal. You've got a 6.3, a 6, and a 5.5 there. Mm. Depending on whatever your price bracket is, you could get any one of them in and probably still be yeah. getting good value for attacking returns. And I'd suppose on the Brighton side of things, if I were to get out one of my dreaded £4 million Leicester keepers at the moment and were it not for the fact that they're playing Leeds this week, I probably would have made the move to get in um, old Bob Sanchez mm. um, for I, Brighton because he rotates really nicely with Leicester's fixtures too moving forward. That so. would be my suggestion. I think if you look at Robert Sanchez's fixtures moving forward, I think so. I, I, I took a look at this actually because this is going to be one of my uh, pieces of advice that if you've got the Leicester double up in goal, get rid because Danny Ward's next five fixtures, all Riversons, if you've got the double up, Chelsea, Manchester United, Brighton themselves, Aston Villa and Tottenham. It's not nice. Leicester's defence has been awful. We'll talk about that in a minute. They're not going to keep a clean sheet. Brighton, on the other hand, have got Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth, Palace. It's so nice. And they've only conceded one goal in their first yeah. three fixtures. And that was a very unfortunate Alexis McAllister own goal at Old Trafford. Final note on Brighton, Leandro Trossard looking good. Yes, who was one of the people I was thinking of bringing in. He started at left wing back against West Ham. Uh, when Esther Pinion came on, uh, he got moved forward. Within a minute, he scored. So if Esther Pinion starts at left wing back, which I imagine he will... I think Trossard will be a good attacking option. Chelsea versus Leicester. For you, Jake, I guess the big one uh, and the biggest thing of interest defensively was the fact that Rhys James, once again, yeah. like he did against Tottenham, started at right well, centre-back. I could understand him being deployed there by Tuchel against Spurs because, you know, you, you're having to shut out Spurs, right? But yeah. against Leeds, it's a shame because it really kind of nullifies Rhys's attacking potential in the meantime right even even though even though he does still get forward like he did against Spurs and like you pointed out to me he got redeployed to right wing at half time in that Leeds game didn't yeah, he he did Loftus-Cheek got moved into midfield right so it's just really annoying to see Tuchel playing players out of position it's not just the Reese James thing it's other players too like Mount's looking really deep is another reason why I got him out it's square pegs in round holes it doesn't work and from a fancy perspective it's horrible it's like the opposite of what you want it's sod's law because Mason Mount is going to now get a hat-trick at the oh, weekend he will. against Leicester. He will. Um, uh, on that note, by the way, um, most big chances conceded in the first three game weeks 
with me now, Leicester. Leicester. Yeah. 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 Um, so they've conceded 10 in three weeks, which is not good news if you're a double Leicester keeper owner like me. No. But um, it just goes to show Leicester, let alone having a soft underbelly, they've they've got a, an underbelly made of cheese. Completely, yeah. And I think that it's a really interesting one because... Fafana didn't play against Southampton. Chelsea are desperate to get Fafana in. But of course, Leicester aren't going to really negotiate with them no. before the weekend because they don't want him to come and play against well, them. Well, indeed. Leicester, man, I, I know we tipped it on our uh, Premier League predictions uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I really do fear for Brendan Rodgers, man. I don't think he's long for the chop, really. Me, me too. Yeah, they, they look completely all over the shop defensively. Um, I think if you've got Madison, I'd hold him because he's been performing well against the big sides. Even though I will be sticking with Reese James against Leicester, just because I think that Leicester aren't likely to score against some touch wood. <laughs> I'd, I just don't think any good can come around shuffling that that back five so much. No. I think if Chelsea attacking assets are okay this week because Leicester have been so appalling defensively. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mount Sterling or Havertz return, to be yeah, honest. More on that later. Well, yeah, indeed. Let's go Liverpool Bournemouth. So, Liverpool were awful again against United. It's the worst start to a Premier League season since time began. Well, no, <laughs> since... It's certainly under Jurgen Klopp, yeah. their worst start to Premier League season. I think it's the worst start to Premier League season in years. Like yeah. We're talking like upwards of a decade, I think. Well, like, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, eight points Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson have got between them over three game weeks. At home to Bournemouth, and I think the only reason why I'm keeping the pair of them in is because they're at home to Bournemouth. They're home to Bournemouth, surely... Surely Liverpool will keep their first clean sheet. Well, according to checkthechance.com <laughs> on the World Wide Web, um, they've got Liverpool, according to the bookies' odds this week, down as a 62.5% likelihood to keep that clean sheet. Conversely, at the bottom of the pile, you've got Bournemouth, they're only 5.5% likely to keep that clean sheet. So as a Robertson and Trent owner... If they can't keep a clean sheet in this fixture, yeah. then I'm going to start to get worried because I suffered for having them both in today, and I've I guess my my faith in them hasn't been repaid yet. And even though no, I'm either. not thinking about moving on Trent, even though he had a terrible performance against United and he was getting done every time, Trent is easier to sort of count as an attacking asset for me than it is Robertson because I think I was looking at a table on on Reddit the other day and I think surprisingly enough I think Robertson is only I think 20th for like um, attacking plays or something amongst defenders this season I was expecting him to be a lot higher than that because he has been in previous seasons Which defender has created the most chances in the Premier League this season? Do you know the answer? Yeah Oh go on then It's Trent Oh really? But he's not got a return Well yeah that's just Goes so, to show. Fickle yeah. finger of fate. I'd be tempted by Diaz this week if I didn't have triple Liverpool, I think, against Bournemouth. I think if you haven't got triple Liverpool, Diaz is an option because despite the fact that it was a complete disaster class mm. for Liverpool against United and against Palace and against Fulham, he has been the bright spark this season. He's looked lethal. Uh, the goal against Palace proved that. He was unlucky not to get one against Fulham and he was the liveliest attacking player against United so I'd probably I'd probably get him in if you haven't got him I'm not going to make excuses for Liverpool um, because Klopp's already going to do that for me <laughs> but they missed Darwin yeah because obviously he, his red card precluded him from playing but they miss one of his mobility and pace to run at United they still miss Mane who's tearing up for Bayern as we speak 
Do they miss Marley? I think they do. With Diaz? Yeah, no, I really do. Because I think... I think they miss Jota. I think they, they miss Marley's experience in those kind of fixtures against United, as well as you just know what you're going to get with him. I know Diaz is a live wire, but I've always had this suspicion that good performances for Diaz don't always translate into goals and assists. I think that's fair, right? Salah, on the other hand, I want to give a special mention to, because even though Liverpool were deservedly beaten, yeah. Salah still managed to outscore any other premium asset in the game this week with an eight-pointer. So one thing I did get right this week, along with you, was the captaincy. So thank you, Mo, my Egyptian prince. You've, honestly, the entire segment made him sound like a make-a-wish kid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, the fact that Salah can return in a Liverpool side that put in that performance against United really yeah. kind of just galvanises my faith in him even more. Liverpool-Bournemouth, I don't, I don't think anyone sees it really being an issue. The only potential difficulty for Liverpool will be dealing with Kiefer Moore because he's six foot five and he, we've seen so far stop it no, you're no, trying no, to antagonise no, 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 me no, no, you're trying to antagonise no, no, me you're bringing up Kiefer Moore again <laughs> we've you've seen, got to stop this we, people are not tuning into the drunken transfer to hear you bang on about Kiefer no, fucking Moore I, I just mean that no, he, I won't, I won't have it he's, a diff- he's, he's different he's, he's difficult to deal with Finn I, I can't believe that Kiefer <laughs> For the third week in a row, you've mentioned Kiefer Moore. But he's difficult to deal with. Finn, it's Finn Bournemouth. Villa struggled. It's Bournemouth. I know, Finn. but Liverpool's defence has been so bad. No, I'm not. That, that, that he's the I'm only. He's the, he's the. I'm just saying that he's the I'm only not. aspect no. of that Bournemouth side no. that I think they've got to keep a watch for life. No, no. I'm and more he, like he calls, he calls Arsenal trouble. He's, he had, he had, I think, three shots on target against Arsenal <laughs> from headers that he won. Ramsdale had to make saves, so he's not scored. He's just big. Let's talk about Man City Crystal Palace. I've seen a lot of people, again, I don't know if this is reactionary or what, I'm, I'd be inclined to say yes it is. A lot of people already saying, God, I'm going to go from Holland to De Bruyne. And for me, I just can't see it myself. I think Holland is going to haul big at some point. Foden still refuses to pass him, by the he way. Does. It's unbel- I don't know what's been said behind closed doors, yeah. but I mean, Pep. Every time he doesn't play that pass, like three more follicles of pep hair fall off his head. Somebody who does seem to be supplying Haaland, uh, and I think it could be a really good differential pick if you're looking to get someone slightly cheaper out of the midfield, is Bernardo Silva. Because mm. he's staying at Man City now. He's had two price drops to 6.8 million. Um, and aside from Alan St. Maxman, he was probably man of the match in that Newcastle Man City game. He was brilliant, and he does look for Haaland. And I can see him operating in that front three. I tell you what's the most frustrating thing in the world, isn't it, City? I mean, I know Pep Roulette is not a recent phenomenon, but no. if only, if only, if only there was like a cheap and established City pick. I mean, like I know I was talking on last week's episode about veering towards getting in uh, Ilkay Gundogan, who's the new captain for City. And it's a shame I didn't get him in because I was going to get him in for for Mount and then he ended up scoring Ilkay but in terms of attacking stats they're just so far ahead in the first three game weeks they've had joint most goals scored along with Arsenal with nine they've got the highest XG with 6.1 ahead of any other team they've had 19 shots on target more than any other team created 13 big chances more than any other team they've been doing it for years but it's just I'm waiting for that one City asset to emerge that isn't Haaland because let's not forget Get, I've got, only got the two City assets still in. I've Cancello got Cancelo and Haaland. Yeah. The minute a viable third pick comes around that looks like a winner, I'm going to be on it like a carb on it. 
I've got two City picks, but I've got the two defenders, Cancelo and Walker, because I don't have Haaland. Um, and I have to be honest, looking ahead to City Palace this weekend, that concerns me a little bit. I think City concern me defensively in terms of how far forward they get. With their possession retention, uh, usually they're able to stifle opponents. However, having watched the Palace-Villa game and having seen Palace perform a couple of times this season now, Etse and Zaha's combination play looks absolutely lethal. They just seem to understand where the other one is. They're exactly on the same wavelength and they're combining to create a lot of chances and scoring a lot of goals. Having the double city concerns me because I think Etse and Zaha will get chances on the break. There's a website that does uh, expected points or XP. Um, And I think they they aggregate it from like a combination of XG and expected assists and, you know, put it into a big supercomputer and, you know, see what happens. But uh, Zaha was streets ahead on expected points for last week. And watching that game, it's not hard to see why. I mean, I'm sure it will have been, um, the the numbers will have been boosted by the penalty that he missed. But um, yeah, Zaha looks great. I mean, and and I know he's a streaky player and he's often a frustrating player. And I, I just think that if there was ever a season to get him in, it might be this one. Yeah, it's it's and it's the last game for Crystal Palace in their tough run of fixtures as it was. They'll have now after the City game, they will have played Arsenal, Liverpool and City in their first three, and they will have a slightly easier time. So I think both Etsy and Zaha have to be options going forward. And considering how well they played against Liverpool, could be options for you this weekend. Let's go Arsenal Fulham. Um Arsenal, top of the league, who would have called that? Uh and they are lethal. Don't get me wrong, they've looked really impressive. You know, Arteta ball is in full swang. <laughs> and Jesus has just been a revelation for them and given them Brilliant. what they were missing up top. And, you know, Martinelli returning the points. He's not blanked in a game week yet, his old Gabriel. Um, and there's that brilliant link up between their attack and their defence is looking better. And, you know, it's all sunshine and rainbows. I'm just waiting for them to come up against a big boy, like yes. a City or a Liverpool, because that will be the true marker of progress. But from a fantasy perspective, the fact that they're, they're bullying teams on a lesser run to them, so much more of a of a proposition this season. I mean, because yeah. before the season kicked off, people were saying, oh, is it risky to go with triple Arsenal? I'd argue not at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've got the third slot. I've got Erdegaard in, and um, that, that's feeling good. I don't think Arsenal are going to keep a clean sheet this weekend. That's mm. my my bold prediction. I think Fulham have looked really good. I'm having to eat my words a little with Fulham, because before the season kicked off, you know, I was saying that's oh, just going to be another Fulham season, basically, of them not being able to make the step up. I've been wrong so far. Yeah, for the time being, I mean, I'm feeling really good about having Pereira first spot on bench. Shame he didn't come on the other week, but... Again, like their underlying stats are good. I mean, yeah. they've got a really good XG so far. They've been putting a healthy amount of shots on target. You know, like happy days for Fulham owners. Yeah. Uh, the one that I'd want to say from Fulham that's really good, uh, that could be an option down the line, Kevin and Barbu came off the bench with only 30 minutes to play against Brentford. He created two chances. One of them, Mitrovic, very nearly scored from. It was an amazing save with David Ryan. The second of them, Mitrovic did actually score from. So if he starts ahead of Kenny Tete, look to get him in. Let's go Aston Villa versus West Ham uh, because we had the battle of the surprise packages in Brighton and Leeds earlier on. Uh, this is the Battle of the slow starting Claret and Blues, who everyone thought would do well. Yeah, what do you West, expect from this one? West Ham are struggling, man. They really are. And, I, and I'm quietly quite pleased because I tipped them to 
you know, finish a little <laughs> lower this season. But they've brought in players of international standing. Now they've brought in internationals like Ariola, Skamaka, and in, I know they're being slowly integrated by Moyes, but it's just it's not translating to performances yet, is it? It's not, no, and they've scored, they haven't scored in the first opening three games. They do look rusty. It is what you said that you thought would happen. Um, they they didn't look good defensively. Tila Kera didn't have a really particularly good day. He gave away a penalty on he the day, did. Day, yeah. Uh, they've just signed Emerson Palmieri from Chelsea for 15 million, who is a fantasy football asset at 4 mil, the absolute cheapest you can get in the game. And I think a lot of people, a lot of West Ham fans, from what I've seen, think that Emerson will end up starting at left back. Nice. I didn't see that he's four mil. That's really tasty. really cheap. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure he's four mil. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean that because people have been going. Well, crikey, if he's that's amazing. He, that completely passed me by. If he's West Ham starting left back, mm. that could be a really good shout. Villa. I talked about it a little bit last week, but they just seem to crumble against any form of adversity. They did so against Crystal Palace. Defensively, having watched the highlights, I thought their marking was all over the place. Yeah. They weren't tracking their runners. They're not holding their line or keeping hold of any any of their men at set pieces. I just think that they look a catastrophe mm-hmm. at the back. Bailey ended up actually having quite a good game, which is a bit of a shame for you. Yeah. Hit the crossbar. Coming good just at the wrong time. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ollie Watkins, another yeah. one who um, played really well, got a good goal, uh, played well against Everton as well. Pressure, I'd say more pressure on Gerard than there is Moyes there, though. I feel like Moyes has got a little bit more goodwill in the bank. I agree. I agree completely. Uh, let's go Wolves-Newcastle. Wolves, we watched that Spurs game, top, Wolves-Tottenham. Wolves were bright against Spurs. Thought they were Spurs. really impressive. Yeah. yeah um, maybe a little bit unlucky not to come away with anything. I think that's spot on. They they played really, really well. Uh, Wolves are going to struggle, especially if now if uh, Neto, uh, Pedro Neto, that is, does what he's expected to do and sign for one of either Arsenal or, whisper it, maybe even Man United. Yeah, I think he's apparently an option if we don't get Anthony. Um, I think Gakpo's maybe a little bit more likely, but it has been reported that we, we Wolves have offered Neto to us. I, I don't know that we've actually, we're particularly interested in him. They're new boys as well that were really, really good, didn't they? Macias Nunes and Gonzalo Guedes, yeah, really, really good. And, and I think it would be a little bit simplistic to suggest that this week Wolves were not particularly great with their finishing because I actually think they were quite unlucky with it this time out. And Nunes and Guedes were the ones that seem to be getting the chances. And I think Ruben Neves looked good as well, providing them. Um, so it will be interesting there. Uh, Newcastle... We talked a little about Newcastle already in yeah. the game against City, but really impressive. I mean, I already know deep down that I've tipped them too low this season and their front line's going to be bolstered even more by the the imminent arrival of Alexander Isak. Yeah, 58 million from Real Sociedad and I think that's a really smart signing. Six foot four Swede. I imagine he'll probably come in at a similar price bracket to the likes of Ivan Tony. I imagine. I reckon he's going to be priced around the seven million I think, mark. I think if he's six and a half, he's a real option. Me too. I, I, I yeah. think, you know, even seven he wouldn't be too bad but I would imagine Isak will, will do well. He's a different sort of kind of type of forward to Callum well, Wilson. Isak is really interesting because you look at him and he's big and you think, oh, he's going to be good in the air he's only scored I think three goals with his head his entire time in Spain and yet he's deceptively quick doesn't really use his frame as much as like an out and out physical striker but you're right I mean if, if Newcastle can get chances too I mean St Maximan was a revelation against City St Maximan ran Carl Walker absolutely ragged all game yeah. if they can create a production line to him and if he does sign on the dotted line, because I know it hasn't happened yet, I think Isak might be one to keep an eye on moving forward. 
Almiron is another one that I wanted to yeah. quickly touch on because he was in my draft at points because he had such a good pre-season. At five million, he's had three consecutive starts in that front three. If you've got still got Neto in, and I know a lot of people have dropped him, but if you've still got Neto in that side at five and a half and you need to transfer him out for someone, you could look at Brendan Aronson, but I would suggest that Brighton is a difficult fixture. Almiron against Wolves could be good. And he's such a smiley fella. Yes. He's such a cheeky chappy. <laughs> You know, and that's that's got to be a plus for anyone thinking of getting him in. But if you're a trippier owner, you're also going to be looking at this fixture going, oh, you know, you fancy him against yeah. Wolves because free kick aside that he scored against City, I think Trippier is just, you know, one of the better five million assets you can have. Forest Spurs. Yeah. Forest seems to be still continuing their pursuit to sign every single player in professional football. Yeah. Uh, linked with another, like, 12 players today. Spurs... Um, I think are looking good. I still think that Richarlison, having tipped him to not do very well this season, completely unjustifiably, I still think Richarlison is likely to get a start sooner rather than later for them because both times that he's been subbed on from recently, I think he's looked really lively. What do you think? Yeah, no, fantastic. I I completely agree. Uh, We we talked about this a little bit last week that I I was saying that I thought Dejan Kulisevsky owners um, might need to pivot elsewhere. So this is really a message to your brother, Finn Southcline, who got Dejan Kulisevsky into his draft. I, I actually think Kulisevsky will start against Forest because they're the sort of side that needs to be broken down, which kind of encourages a slightly more creative player. However, when they then go to play West Ham midweek, I think Richardson will get a start. He's... So if you're Finn, if you're listening, <laughs> keep Kulusevski for now. Get him out of game. He's 8.2 mil, isn't he? So I mean, like if you if you up, yeah. Right. If you if you're someone who's had Kulusevski from the start, and it's something I was flirting with, it might just be time to to bank the money. Quick note on Spurs as well, just as a potential lead-in to our little featurette in a second. <laughs> Hyungmin Son, we haven't really been talking about him for the last few episodes because he hasn't really done much for the last few episodes. No. It's interesting because he's one that prior to the season kicking off, I was like, oh God, I really wish I could fit in Son. I think we're kind of approaching the period now where you may be thinking about other similarly priced premium assets. Son will it's, come good. He will, but equally, he's been muted this season. He's, yeah. He has been muted this he, season. He has. He'll get a... I, I, I think he's so good, he'll get a big points return. So I do agree with you. I don't. I thought that he was slack against Wolves. I, I, I think you are right. I don't think he's been playing well. I just think that he's so good. Hmm. I think he... And has proved to be so good in the Premier League that he will come good. I, I can see what you what you mean. If it's a lot of money. If you've got Son in right now, you're probably thinking of going elsewhere. If you're thinking of going elsewhere, I would go to Bruyne. I think it's yeah. such an easy 12 yeah. million swap and he looks amazing. For me, the, the biggest quandary with Spurs is Perisic. Do you get him in or do you not? Perisic is, by the week, I know that he's going to, one of these weeks he's not going to play. Especially, he started his first game against. Well, but but also we're just approaching a crazy, crazy run. As of this game week coming, seven of the next nine days in the week are going to be fancy football days. Wow, which is crazy, right? Really? So game week four is Saturday, Sunday. Then there isn't a game on Monday, and then game week five is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then there isn't a game on Friday. And then game week six is Saturday, Sunday. So you, we only have two rest days in the next nine. That's crazy. And Perisic, he's, he's one of these players that it's, it's like, if you're going to gamble on him, 
the rewards are there because he's due a haul at some point, especially when like Forrest are conceding a lot of chances down that side at the moment in particular. And Perisic is basically, if you look at his heat map, playing as a winger. Mm-hmm. If there was a week to have in Perisic, it's this week. Yeah. I'm just, I wish, I wish, I wish I could get him in without a hit, but I can't. No, and, 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 I, and I kind of think that if you're going to get him in, you sort of have to have a, a bench option. It's just a real, it's a real quandary because he's not guaranteed to start because he's 33. Um, I would consider him, but it, it's it's dangerous. Mm. I think Spurs should and will make mincemeat out of Forest. Um, I'm happy to have Harry Kane. I think he'll do really well, um, especially because Forrest's starting centre-backs in the last game were Joe Worrell, uh, McKenna and Cook, and that doesn't feel mm-hmm. like particularly Premier League quality. Um, last point I want to make on Forrest, just to piss you off, uh, Brennan Johnson, oh. really sharp. Uh, good well, pressing. Like we were watching uh, final <laughs> score, weren't we? And we're like, Forrest has scored, and you're like, I'm just trying to work out who it was because you were cooking, and it's like, Oh, it's Brendan Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the goal? No, I didn't see it. It's a really... I deliberately, really... deliberately avoided it. Did you not watch Forest highlights? No, I, I turned them off. And I just oh, didn't want to, didn't it, want the, to see the, the, the goal is brilliant. It's not the, the most flashy goal out there. The reason why it's so brilliant is because the ball comes to him from the rebound and it, he, he looks like he's about to shoot... And he waits for Pickford to go down and just puts it past the, him on the other side. You can just see the light in your eyes when you talk about Brandon Johnson. It's, really, it's a really, really great guy. I don't know where your dislike of him comes from. I think it's crazy. So that's it on fixtures. Uh, you've quickly talked about your uh, game week plan. No, I jumped the gun. You, you, the cat's the... out of the bag. You haven't got a plan. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> no, my, my game week four plan is Rodrigo and Prey, basically. Yes. I mean, um, the, the thing is, the thing that stopped me from doing a rage wildcard this week are the fixtures this week are very, very nice. Yes, and that kind of very nicely comes to my game week four plan, which is not very interesting, which is bank the transfer. Roll the transfer. Yes. Um, yeah, I... Uh, saving any injuries that might come through on the Friday press conferences, I am looking to make the transfer. I kind of think that the fixtures with my team look good this weekend, like you said. And cur- going into game week five, which is the midweek game week, which we're going to have an episode out for everyone on the Monday, I am sort of thinking that two free transfers there could go well and the two that I am looking at is potentially getting Kevin De Bruyne in uh, and getting Harry Kane out and I might talk about my uh, last one in, in Roll the Spice do you want to do take your rank? Yeah, it's only a real quick one. Take your rank! If you wanted an excuse to tank your rank, uh, just buy some of the most expensive defenders in the game because <laughs> here's a stat for you, Finn. The, the 10 most expensive FPL defenders yeah. last week scored a combined total of how many points? Oh, that's a good question. I will go for 11. Lower. Really? 9. Lower. 7. Lower. Four? Lower. Three. Three points. What? The ten most expensive defenders? The ten most expensive defenders in the game scored a combined total of three points That's last insane. week. insane. It is. But then if you look at my own team, who did tank my rank, <laughs> I'm frantically getting this up. As we speak, Cancelo, zero. James, one. Trent, zero. Robertson, one. Yeah. And then little old Davinson Sanchez pulling it out of the bag for me with a six-pointer. But... It was not a week for premium defenders at all. And Price. it put paid to the old thing before the season, me saying that's where the value is. I mean, it's just the, the way to tank your rank last week was 
to just put all your money on the premium defensive assets because it just did not come off. It was one of those weeks. Yeah, well, and my tank your rank for this week coming, I've already mentioned it, stay with Warden Iverson. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. Yeah. Shall we roll the spice? Let's roll the spice. Roll the spice. I'm really interested to see what your roll the spice pick is this week. Because I think the pair of us were looking at the, what's going to be the nicest most attractive differential pick that not a lot of people are going to go for and we were both struggling a bit yeah i i was do i was in my classic like sentry position on the uh the fort stockton slash south klein sofa lots of s's in there and was scrolling through the player roster thinking right what fixtures would i target this week and what assets are the spiciest so i went to the cupboard huffed a load of garam masala <laughs> and I've actually come up with a Chelsea asset oh that is interesting so for the asset. first time ever I've not gone for a spicy Brentford asset I'm sticking in London though yeah and going for the recently priced dropped Raheem Sterling that's what <laughs> how can you pick Raheem Sterling I know as you roll the spice I know you hate Raheem Sterling well, I don't. well no hang on a minute I don't hate Raheem Sterling I did say he was going to be my flop of the season you did it's like tough and, yeah, love, and, do you know what I mean? Right, okay. So you're, you're trying to massage Raheem and have a good old time. Well, no, I, I b- between also, gritted teeth, agree with your assessment that of the Chelsea attacking assets, Sterling looked the most lively last week. He has been the Still most hasn't lively. scored for the season, but it's due. Well, he's he is had, playing a, he had a goal disallowed against Leeds. He did, yeah, let's not forget that. He is playing in a more of a central position and a bit of a free role. At this juncture, only 5.1% of the game own him. And against the Leicester side that, as I touched upon, have conceded the most big chances in the league this year, with a decidedly dodgy defence and decidedly dodgy goalkeeper pairing, both of which I still own, I think this would probably be the week, if if you were starting to lose a bit of patience with Son, then why not bank two million... Cash in Son, go for Raheem Sterling and give yourself a bit of wiggle room. And also, it's spicy. It is. And we're all about the spice. I I actually don't think that picking Raheem Sterling is particularly spicy. Oh, well, I'd say on the sliding scale, I've said Garam Masala, this is probably like paprika. Yeah, I think think you've you've inhaled some normal English paprika. Oh, but you can't tell you went for bloody Bobby Firmino last week. That was spicy. Oh, you can't. And that was was spicy and wrong. Yeah, Uh, there you go. But no, I don't think getting Raheem Sterling in is particularly spicy. I think getting Hummin Son out for Raheem Sterling is very spicy. Because I think having Son against Forrest... But what is life without spice? Well, no, no, I agree. I just, I'm, that, that's where I'd say the spice is. I'd say Raheem Sterling would be a good pick at some point this season. And I think people will look at his fixtures when Chelsea get good and, and agree with you. Finn, I was literally just Sterling. trying to play the game to the constraints of the game, <laughs> no, no, right? just, like, You asked me to pick a spicy bro- option, and, I, and, I, and I've picked a spicy yeah, option. Well, and I'm saying, I don't think you have. I'm saying, I think you're spicy in the context of getting You've taken my him. spice, and you've poured a big vat of yoghurt on top of my beautiful no, no, spicy thing. You've, de- you've nullified my spice. You've suffocated it. You've delivered me yoghurt, and I've put the spice on top. No, no I'm not. <laughs> you cannot... You cannot compare our Lord and Saviour Raheem Sterling to a big tub of yoghurt. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most disparaging things you've ever come out on this podcast with. I'm going to go with my spice pick that I was going to go with last week. I'm getting the yoghurt ready. And I pivoted to, to Firmino. And unfortunately, the spice pick that I did, I was going to go for last week ended up returning. So, who was stupid me. Um, Danny Welbeck. Oh, that guy Welbs. That guy Welbs, who was, I was going to pick. I, I'd seen his first couple of games. Obviously, I'd watched the Manchester United one live. Uh, I saw the Newcastle performance on the highlights as well. In both games, he looked 
terrific. He followed that up against West Ham with another really strong performance. He won the penalty, which Tilo Kerr conceded. So two assists in three games. No goals yet, but his link-up play, his runs have been brilliant. He has probably started the season as well as I've seen Welbeck play in well, maybe since his since his early Arsenal days. He's been mm. really, really good. And if you look at the Brighton attack, I mean, Dennis Undav still hasn't broken through yet. And uh, everyone's favourite shit-stirring French striker... Neil Mobbe. ...is off to Fulham by the sounds of it. Yeah, which so, is um, Yeah, it was linked with Forrest as well. So, yeah, Welbeck might well be a bit of an emergency option. So he might become less spicy going forward, but I would argue for next week he's definitely a spicier pick than Raheem. However... Yeah. It's not us who decides, it's the good people of Twitter. Exactly. So now will be a good time to mention, followers on Twitter will be putting up our Roll the Spice poll for the week. That's at Drunken Transfer. You can vote on my moderately spicy pick of Raheem Sterling, that Finn's shat all over, and uh, Finn's slightly spicier offering of Danny Welbeck. And uh, vote on not just who you think is the spiciest, but also who you think is most likely to do the best for you this week if you're feeling nuts enough to get one or maybe both it's combined of them in combined the spices I think Welbeck, fusion food I think I might get Welbeck in um, in game week 5 you put in your money where your mouth is yeah that it might be the first time that we actually get in one of our roll spice picks I'm looking currently De Bruyne and Welbeck for Kane Erdegaard we'll have to see where that gets you just before we close off for the week then scores on the doors currently you're sitting pretty on 212 points yeah. in the top 100k I've got some catching up to do. I'm on a measly 178. Wait, I think you're 2.1 mil, is that right? Oh, something like that. How many <laughs> like I bothered to You know when like you go on the FPL app and like you have to scroll down to see your rank. I have the scrolling is, is is purely optional at the moment then. So I think by my rudimentary rubbish mat I'm 34 points behind you. Yeah. Well, well catching up to do. I think it's, it's feasible. It's only game week 3. So, that has been Episode 6 of The Drunken Transfer. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've taken some solace moving forward. Maybe some uh, friendly advice from our picks. Maybe you're going to get Danny Welbeck in. Maybe you're going to get Raheem Sterling in. Let us know where you were listening from. If you've walked the dog to the sound of me having a go at... Um, shit, who was it? Um, Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore. If you've walked the dog to me talking about Kiefer Moore, then let us know. Tweet us. Get in touch. Send us a postcard. And uh, we're looking forward to being back for our first midweek episode yes. next week. Which will be remote for you, because you're yeah, away. Yeah, I'm going to be in, back in the motherland, darkest redding. Woo. You're going to have me down a phone line. Yeah. It's going to be like the 1940s. <laughs> Great. That's all from us. I've been Finn. And I've been Jacob. It's been a rollicking time. It certainly has. Godspeed, everyone, for game week four. I'm not God-fearing, but I have said Godspeed. Godspeed. To you all, thank you for listening to the Drunker Transfer episode 6, and a goodbye. Tschüss.